enter the lair of the Hornswoggle. Our adventurers, too, walk up, and they see Princess Bubblegum standing in the middle of the room. She waves illustriously. Hello, adventurers. How are you? When suddenly they both remember, this is an adventure time. This is Gravity Falls. What is this? Multiverse Madness Man. <laughs> I'm here to defeat you. I cast... Good podcast. Oh, no, I rolled very low. <laughs> Um, I um, roll. Cross uh, crossover episodes are always bad. Oh, I rolled a six, and the other dice fell on the floor. Okay, I'm gonna roll. Uh, crossfade this track with familiar faces. Ooh, those are pretty high. I'm, I got a ten on a twelve, and a twelve on a ten. Ah, you fools! <laughs> I am casting my magic spell. Crossfade and trapped crossover, singing secret songs from early two thousands. It's super effective! Prepare oh, no. for grunge! Da-da, Multiple men with guitars and basses march towards you. What do you do? Um, I whip the electric piano out of my backpack and begin to play a discordant tune to theirs. Performance roll. I rolled a 38! No joke! Whoa! <laughs> all of the men disappear! They're all... Destroyed by your magnificent, lustrous music. Wait, Wait and to finish off the no! madness, man, I pull out my keytar and start playing large 80s synth chords. Huh? Uh, that's a 37. Uh, just not high enough. Oh! Suddenly, the ground begins oh, to shake. No. And what is oh, this? No. The horn swoggle! It's hand boning! There's no way to defeat this. The only way to defeat this is to do an entire podcast about a semi-obscure question mark. That's not true. Welcome to Tad Strange, the Gravity Fallist podcast you have ever listened to. Um, we're the, we're the Fallist. Hi, now. hi. How you how you doing today? I um, I know that sometimes sometimes life is tough, but um, you know sometimes. You're here, and we're so happy for that. Everyone, everyone's smiling and cringing at me real hard in the Discord, but you know what? Sometimes we just got to have a heart-to-heart. We got to be real about where we assume everyone else is at. And do an entire I heard that the horn swaggle feeds that. off of heart-to-hearts. Are you going oh, to introduce no. yourself or no? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, uh, hey, I'm Joe. What up? It's your, uh, second adventurer who didn't get enough screen time, Matt. <laughs> and I'm Trevor. <laughs> nice. Um, welcome to, Gra- it still isn't called Gravity Falls. Gravity still Strange, Gravity Falls. Falls, a tad strange. Ah, oh, blood. Shash. Welcome oh, to welcome Tad back. Strange, the premier Gravity Falls podcast where we, we unravel the masterfully woven tapestry that is Alex Hirsch's Gravity Falls. Welcome. Two episode. And, oh, uh, season two. Yeah. This, let me see. You can do it. This is episode 12. <gasps> Wait, wait, no, where's the roll? Where's the roll? Ro- <laughs> Dang it! No, I was so confident. Like That's every not week. Fair. There's 20 episodes. The mid season finale should have been episode 10. Oh, no. Then the Tale of Two Stands should have been episode 11. And this should have been episode 12. Nope. Angry. This is episode angry. 13. Hey. Dungeons, Dungeons, and more Dungeons. <laughs> is that what hey. it's called? Is that the title? Can we, uh, yeah. 
Can we rewind the track for a second? Joey was saying something kind of cool, even though he was using nonsense words. The world is kind of scary right now with the pandemic and all of the social unrest. But it's really nice that I get to watch a cartoon with two of my best buds and then talk about it. Um, and you know what? I'm glad that people are listening and hanging out and checking this out. And I hope that it brings you some kind of comfort because I know this makes my life feel a little bit more normal. Um, living inside my house constantly and not leaving for the past four months has been weird, Mm. but, um, yeah, I hope, I hope you guys feel a little okay when you hear this. We could be a little safe haven for you. So that's all I wanted to say. Thanks for listening. It's a nice place to you know, exist in a fantasy realm um, where we can just pretend to be different people instead of, uh, you know, actually going out into the world and, and growing our Fortresses can't oh, talk. No. I'm a oh, fortress. I'm a fortress. Oh, gosh. Um, this, this is, we're so, okay. <laughs> All the fears of, um, you know what, now that Ford is here, maybe things are going to change and maybe yeah. the show is never going to get back to like what that classic Gravity Falls was. Yet, no. <laughs> Welcome back to classic Gravity Falls. Um, 100%. The, the comedy is back just in full force. Like, like you were saying, Matt, every transition is punctuated by a joke. Like, every intro mm. to a scene is a joke, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, my, uh, my notes are, like, two and a half pages, and I highlight oh them gosh. in different colors. Like, all of them are just jokes. Um, whether it's uh, quack with us to, hey, look, listen. Do I mean just Centaur Tar's existence? Um, yeah, it's the super yeah. meta jokes about a kids oh my TV gosh, show. so so many meta jokes. Um, I have I think five listed out, and we'll jump wow. into that later. Um, but I oh, I'm trying to think of anything I don't like in this episode, and I can't think of it other than um, I don't know maybe the. I had a very passive viewing experience, so I think there were a few, like, jumps in story, maybe, maybe a few jumps in logic, but none of them were super jarring for me, so I think I hit this with an A. Also, we get, oh, that's right! On top of being, like, a fun jokesy episode, we also get teased, like, here's here's the scene of, like, Stan opening up the vending machine and going down to the basement. That same thing that we got in the first episode that was, like, there's fun stuff going on, but there's still this in the background that's going to be dominating this season. In the same way, we have, here's a fun episode, but here's this thing in the background that's going to be dominating uh, this whole last half a season. Mm. So it, it's, it's really cool. They, they, it's a more low-stakes episode, if that makes sense, but they don't forget about the higher stakes that they've hit in the previous two episodes, which I think is great, because the worst thing they could have done is been like, here's a giant portal, Stan's about to be arrested, the entire government is like cracking down on them, and they almost get captured, Um Deus ex machina a little bit. Okay, they're fine now, and now everything just goes back to normal. Mm-hmm. Like if they had just kept Ford in the basement and gone off and like had uh, like gr- growing and shrinking mushroom shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. Mushrooms are talking now, and they're super smart. Yay! It it wouldn't have worked. You just they, matched they up like three to. episodes. Yeah, <laughs> they had like yep. the growing and shrinking. They weren't <laughs> mushrooms, were they? Was it a mushroom? They were crystals. No, it was a crystal. Was that's crystal. right. Yeah, they yeah. put them on a flashlight. My crystal. <laughs> Chris crystals. A, it was a governor of New Jersey. Chris the crystals. crystals. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, crystal. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I watched this episode three times. 
the mm. first time we were watching it, right when it got to the climax of the Dungeons 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 Battle of the Power went out and we didn't get to finish it. So <laughs> instead right. of picking up, we just restarted it. Uh, <laughs> and I watched it again today while eating Taco Bell because it's Tuesday. That's what me and Matt do on Tuesdays. Yeah. And I was still chuckling at jokes. Nice. Like, there were jokes the first time I watched it where I, I knew the second I saw the title I was going to love this episode. Because I'm like, <laughs> all right, they're taking on Dungeons and Dragons. This is, like, my wheelhouse. I love this. This is going to be great. Um, and they did really good with it. And I was still, like, even today on my third watch in a week, still, like, chuckling. and be like, ah, oh, that's good. That's such a good joke. Like, Centaur Tar still makes me just, it's so, <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's nothing gosh. in this. There's nothing in this episode that I'm like, wow, that was stupid. Even like Grenda's here for whatever reason. Yes, yes. Like so, she does not need to be here. Um, yeah. But it without and she her wields a so chair good. as a yes. weapon is just so good. Um, yes, that is wonderful. Kills a man. Before well, we get into yeah. this like episode, can we talk about the voice actors for a second? Sure. Because I we haven't we haven't talked about Ford. Yeah, that's, true. that's, that's, point. that's, that's J.K. Ford. Simmons. He plays J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Uh, huh. Yeah, he plays J. Jonah Jameson. He also uh, is it wait, H. like live action or live action? Live action. What? Yeah. Also, and, I mean, and, and the games too. And yep. the okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, nationwide, the commercials. He's the main guy for those. The museum. Yeah. That's, oh, that's him. right. Yep. Yeah. Um, he he played uh, J. Jonah Jameson in all iterations, including the new one, even though it's a different. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. universe, yeah, he that's still correct. plays it. He's a is, podcaster now. <laughs> nobody can like nobody can portray him better than he does. But I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize that was him. And that's like a really big name. And I, I noticed his voice, but I was like, how do I know his voice? That's probably because he's such a like universal actor. You know what I mean? That is why I probably didn't notice it. Also, the other thing I want to talk about is uh, Probelator. Or whatever his name is, the main villain. God. Is, <laughs> is voiced by Weird yeah. Al Yankovic. Yes. Oh, I did that's get that. Yep. Amazing. Yup, yup. And he's he's just perfect in the role. Did, and he seems yeah. to be just completely owning it with like all the dumb, terrible humor. It's yep. just perfect. Yep. I was didn't he, even Was Weird Al in any other episode? Or was it am I remembering maybe you telling me this? Three years ago, when I first saw this episode, Joe, possibly. I don't think Weird Al was in a previous episode. I don't know. My brain just did a weird, hey, remember this thing that might not exist? Just this episode. You know how brains work? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they think of things. Might be one of the bigger names, I think. Yeah. Yep. What? What's also interesting about this episode, and I I think this is a topic we can get into even more so later uh, as well, is... This episode came out in, what, 2014? Which is, or sorry, 2015. Oh, in, or that's international, sorry. Original air date, August 3rd, 2015. Okay. Let me tab over to my other thing. So we're still summer of 2012, and this the series itself is debuting across all the way to 2015. Do you know what came out in uh, March of 2015? Uh, Pacific Rim. I turned maybe. 24. Maybe. <laughs> me me being 24 years old came out in March of 2015. <laughs> That's what happened. It came out that actually I was 24. Um, the first episode of Critical Role. Oh, really? What? Which which Critical Role, um, if, if anyone doesn't know, is uh, one of the most popular D 
D&D podcasts mm-hmm. um, or D&D shows. Sorry. Yeah. Now they have a podcast. Anyways, um, just live, like full play, a whole bunch of voice actors coming together to um, to play Dungeons and Dragons and then kind of uh, stream it and, and have it up there for people to watch. And Critical Role came at a critical point in uh, D&D's kind of recent resurgence into uh, from niche nerd culture uh, like Star Trek to kind of nerd popular culture and it also rode the wave of like nerdy stuff being cool and mainstream in a way um, with with things like Star Wars with things like Lord of the Rings with things like podcasting there we go (laughs) extremely (laughs) cool all these things that happened either in in like the 90s or in the is it the aughts is that the The aughts yeah yeah the the aughts from, from 2000 to 2010 um, where all this nerd culture started to become more mainstream. And then by the time 2015 had hit, it was very much uh, trending upwards. And so Critical Role was able to jump on board. Uh, but it's, it's interesting because this is, um, I'd say that they played a large part in making it more mainstream. So this is, this episode happens at a weird turning point where, and I think we see it in the episode where they're, not just strictly making fun of D&D like some yeah. stuff in the past would have that like oh this is a weird nerdy thing but also they're not like referencing actual D&D because mm-hmm. it's still kind of nerdy to them um and this is only like 5 years ago um but it's it's grown into normalcy even since then so it's just it's just a cool uh encapsulation of pop culture um and then the way they handle it of Yes, this is an extremely nerdy thing. But also the message of like, yeah, it's a nerdy thing, but also it's about creativity mm. and just like the luck of the role is kind um, of a cool uh, pitch for it as well. The resurgence of Dungeons and Dragons becoming mm. cool again. Like there's actually a, an interesting history behind it. Yeah. Um, it is 2014 that we see the Adventure Zone air its first episode uh, and they're playing they're playing the very first release of 5e which is lost right. minds of fandolin fandolin uh 5e released at the end of 2014 which was huge for the role-playing community because four was such a disappointment and four lasted almost 10 years yeah. um if you the releases are like dungeon dragons advanced Dungeon dragons dnd2 uh, three, three point five, which is a revision of three, four, which is more of a tabletop battle simulator, and then yeah. five, which is a storytelling game. It's it's very different than four, more towards the two roots with the three mechanics, which is great. And we can actually thank a lot of that on a little company called Piezo. Um mm. made Pathfinder. Pathfinder was community yeah. made. And when Pathfinder came out, it had a huge spike in the community and it really made Wizards of Coast go, Oh, people don't want like tabletop assemblers, they have Warhammer <laughs> for that. So let's go back to our roots. Um and it's cool because all at this time you're getting little things like uh the adventure zone pops up, um uh critical role pops up for, like around the same time, mm-hmm. and then this comes out making fun of them and now they're considered like super cool. Which yeah. is interesting. Also, um, I don't know if you know, Dan Harmon has a yes, he does. D&D, like, animated D&D series called Harmon it's Quest. It's pretty great. Yeah, which yep. is a slight connection because he works with Justin Rowland, um, who would work with 
is friends with Alex Hirsch. And so, voice some yeah. things in here, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, we'd like to welcome you to uh, Bad Mage, the Dungeons & Dragons podcast, where apparently now we just talk about the history of D&D, which I'm cool yeah. with. Like, I'm oh, cool, yeah, that. I'm down for this. So a okay, lot of okay, D&D okay. people think is based off of Lord of the Rings, and it is, but there's a lot of other stuff in there. Uh, there's, like, mm -hmm. Red Planet. There's No? Yep. No? Nah, okay. No, it's cool. Oh. We'll talk about this. Conan, which is where they, uh, Conan, I, think, yep. I believe, uh, retrieved two, the original uh, attribute system from. Mm -hmm. 2001, from a, a Space one. Odyssey. Mm -hmm. They drew a yeah. lot from that movie. Nope. Um, mm -hmm. Like, literally, they, they drew. They, they put up pictures of... Space Odyssey, and then just traced over them, and that's how they made the first edition of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, it's yeah. it's true. Back in 1970 something. Yeah, what? they traced it out, and it was really weird. But in each frame of the movie was a single page of the handbook. You just had to adjust the contrast a little bit, and it have was, you the entire game was hidden in there. Ever seen a first edition book? Um, I've seen only in internet the pictures. Cover. I think they're yeah. they're horrendous. I've played Oof. Advanced. Advanced Hunter Dragons was the first thing I played, and it was horrible. Oh boy! I I didn't even know what it was or how it worked, but it was, it was not a great thing. It was not an enjoyable time. Um, but yeah, that was. And then we figured out that three had come out, so we're like, oh, let's screw this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is Dungeons, Dungeons, and more Dungeons. A fantastic role-playing game that uh, Dipper finds on a lazy Tuesday, which was delivering in a big way for the Pines family uh, before Ford barged in fighting an octopus creature from the basement. Uh, Dipper wanted to help Ford out, but Ford refused him, much to Stan's delight, since they can all watch the finale of Detective that day. If you hadn't caught on, I'm doing the episode synopsis. Yeah, no, we got it, we got it. Oh, sweet. <laughs> we get a nice little season recap from Mabel, kind of as she's writing in her diary, uh, before Dipper comes in with the Dungeons, Dungeons, and more Dungeons ready to play. However, Mabel and Seuss and Stan are all not interested for their own reasons, and he plays outside with Gompers. A dice falls under the mystery shack, and while trying to retrieve it, Dipper falls into Ford's laboratory, but it turns out Ford loves DD and more D. <sighs> Ford even shows off his interdimensional dice collection, including an infinity-sided die where anything can happen when it's rolled. Grenda comes over for the detective finale the next day, but Ford and Dipper have taken over the living room with D&D and D&D. &D &D &D. Meta comments abound, and in Ford and Stan's argument, the infinity-sided die gets rolled, summoning Probabilitor the Annoying, the greatest wizard in all math, give or take an arrow of 0.4, from inside of the game. He abducts Dipper and Ford, and Stan, Mabel, and Grenda have to go on a epic wizard quest <laughs> to save them from having their brains eaten by Probabilitor to absorb their intelligence. They defeat Probabilitor's forest guard and find him in the forest uh, and accept a game of D&D&D to determine their fate. Dipper and Ford are miniaturized, along with two ogre guards, to fight each other in a battle arena. After learning that the game involves risk and imagination, Stan and Mabel are all in, and they defeat Probabilitor after a perilous arena fight, somehow overcoming the Impossibeast with a perfect roll of 38 from Stan. We end on the Detective season finale. More meta comments abound. While downstairs, Ford shows Dipper that he dismantled the interdimensional gateway, but released a small rift that he is contained in a kind of snow globe looking thing. But 
that it is incredibly dangerous. Nonetheless, he trusts Dipper. F Corp. <laughs> Again, classic Gravity Falls, we have, well, we kind of have A plot, B plot, and then we have Seuss plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And except A plot and B plot collide halfway through the episode well, I think and then form the rest. B plot is the crew trying to watch Duck Detective. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. they so they don't uh they do split off and have their own resolutions, but they are kind yeah. of intermingled in the in the middle part of it. Definitely. Um I don't even know what to jump in and, and talk about. I, I can make one last comment about like the D and D part of it. It's interesting that they're yeah. doing a a D and D episode when many of the similar accusations of like witchcraft and demon worship <laughs> like that were levied against gravity falls once it started getting into more you know supernatural territory are many of the same similar kinds of accusation accusations leveled against games like dnd um from often this same group of people um so i just think it's interesting we, we talked about it before, like, they moved over to Disney XD and just doubled down uh, with uh, Northwest Mansion Noir blood coming mm-hmm. out of the animals and ghosts and all that stuff. So the fact that they are taking, like, the first thing that I personally think of when I think of people accusing yeah, demons, harmless cares. things of demons, yeah, essentially. Yeah. So I thought that was, it, that was interesting. The school I went to banned Dungeons and Dragons because of demons. Fun mm. fact. Yeah. We demons, demons, it. and more demons. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real secret title. Um, <laughs> I don't have any... Okay. One thing we can talk about for a little bit is just the sheer amount of meta that is in this episode. And this is carrying over from Tale of Two Stands, um, where like everyone outside of the the story that's being told is just like hey uh, oh this story is so sad um yeah. or like etc 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 and and commentary commentary commentate com commenting commenting <laughs> commentarifying commentatorianing uh, mhm on what's actually going on um like if this doesn't line up with my fanfic i'm going to be extremely disappointed in here let me just go through i think all of the ones. Well, it's, one. it's focused around mm-hmm. the Ducktective series, Not, right? Even more. Is there that. even more? Wow. So, a, a couple things. Well, one's kind of fourth wall break. Um, but another <laughs> commentary is uh, Dipper couldn't get anyone to play with him, so he goes out and tries to play Gompers. And he says, ah, This is sad. Maybe I should start obsessing over Wendy again. Oh, God. That's <laughs> Which, good. oof. Um, and then, of course, there's the, at least I'm not all keyed up to watch a kid's show. Mm-hmm. I'll have you know that Ducktive has a big mystery element and a lot of humor that goes over kids' heads. Uh, and then he had a twin brother all along. That's the big Whoa, 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 whoa. For. You missed. Mm-hmm. I just like seeing animals in human situations. <laughs> Grenda's okay. line, which is so good, too, because it's like, this is why adults watch it. This is why kids watch it. Yeah. Because you see, like, yep. gompers and waddles and, and, oh, my gosh, it's so good. Speaking of waddles, is just sitting on a chair at one point in this episode. Dude, he and is it's chilling. my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. He's just sitting just there like watching arm, TV. Arm up on the side. Yeah, just waddles watching TV. Is mood. Oh. <laughs> waddles is love. Waddles is life. Um, and, of course, the twin brother reveal and i predicted that like a year ago uh and then 
the other one, the uh, after hearing about the like 1990 edition of Dungeons, Dungeons, and More Dungeons, um, Dipper says, must have been dark times, those 90s. <laughs> Great time to be stuck in between dimensions. Yeah. Which I think is, um, anyways, as, yeah. as uh, 80s kids is, let me look that up. Wait a minute. Was yeah, they're probably 80s kids if you wanted to put them in a generation. I found it interesting yeah, so because it's like it's aughts kids who are watching this like as a kid's show, right? Yeah. But then us are... Two of us are firmly and one of us is scarcely 90s kid. Um, and being in that, oh, we mentioned this earlier, appealing to that millennial self-loathing niche in there. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> past episode reference yes um how 90s kids who watch this would see it and be like yeah <laughs> at the time though neon was pretty great just saying that was maybe late 80s into 90s i was a I little mean, behind to, on the 90s culture if you want so. me to prove my 90s ness i'll oh. go grab my um oh what is it Echo Echo Unlimited, the 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 like rhinoceros that would just storm down Main Street in the ad, and it was for your shoes. Maybe that was, okay. Maybe that was an aughts thing. I feel like that was a oh, the Echo like brand. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have like a full T-shirt with just like full logo front oh, and back no. like a NASCAR. I never no. saw no. those no. commercials. I just know it as a brand. <laughs> so maybe that's not a '90s thing. Maybe I'm proving my oughtness. No, well, well, here's the thing. That was my shirt. Oh, do it. <laughs> wow. And it is great. Deep. It is a great shirt. I'm glad it's, it's still uh, serving well. Hats off to that shirt. Well, all I've found is a um, Bloodborne uh, insight duplication glitch, which I might check out later. But for now, anyways. What were you yeah, looking it, it, up? I looked up Echo Unlimited and it came up with a Bloodborne item duplication exploit glitch. Unlimited echoes. A million blood echo and unlimited items. Nice. Which is pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Now all I have to do is play Bloodborne. So those those are all the fourth <laughs> wall breaks in this. Um, and it's are, are the creators '80s kids? Yeah. Uh, okay. Hirsch is '85. Cool. That he's really um, old. <laughs> he's '85. <laughs> there, there, uh, there is another '90s reference made by yeah. Probabilitor. When he says I'm playing the controversial 91-92 edition, which so me and Matt uh, a few days ago watched one of my favorite like, oh! B movies, uh, <laughs> The Gamers. I think I talked about it on here before. I talk about it all the time because it's great. Um, and they're playing. It's about a bunch of guys playing D and D 3.5. It's an amazing B movie. It is one of the best like low budget movies you'll ever watch in your life, especially if you like Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, I think they're actually they're playing three point. They actually might be playing advanced. I don't know it's, because there's I, a I, lot of weird stuff in that. It's probably three point <laughs> or three point five, but it feels anyways, more like that. I don't know. I never did advanced, so maybe. Um. Well, they, they weren't using hundred percent like hundred side percentiles, so I don't think it was advanced. Mm, so it's probably three. okay. Um. Welcome especially nerd lord. If it was two thousand, <laughs> if the movie was right made around two thousand four, probably be three before revision. But anyways, um, there's a whole sub arc about one of the players arguing rules with uh-huh. the, the dungeon master. And that's like, and that when he says that, I find that hilarious because 
Wizards of the Coast used to just be like, all right, here's a whole bunch of books. And all the books just had different rules in them, and none of them, like, worked together. <laughs> so people would just be like, oh, I'm citing this book, and, like, pull it out of uh -huh. their pocket. And there were banned books. There were books that mm. if you were playing in, like, social circles, if you're going to game stores to play, like, if you were going to official Wizards of the Coast, like, D&D &D games, there would be banned books where you couldn't use certain feats, you couldn't use certain characters, certain monsters wouldn't be used. So when he does that and he, he brings out the Impossible Monster, what was it called? Impossible uh, Beast. Beast. The Impossible Beast. Um, I, I thought it was hilarious because I'm like, that's like, that's like dropping like a Tiamat and being like, that book's bad. And then yeah. he's going, I don't care. So I thought well, actually, really my feat that allows me to kill everyone comes from this book. Yeah. 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 So I kind thought that thing. was, that was a really cool nod to like old D&D &D players, which is also very meta because yeah. There's another very meta thing. Uh, when they're having Lazy Tuesday, Stan says, ah, good Lazy Tuesday. Nothing weird going on. And then Ford kicks open the door with yep. the Octocyclops on his hand, which might be it's one like of my favorite intros ever. <laughs> I think Just it's my favorite non-main creature, like non-main monster, the, the Cycloctopus. Yep. Yeah. Cycloptopus, For me, it's on level with it's. just starting off with Mabel like skipping through the uh the mystery shack like da dee da dee da and then just smacking head first into the uh the the screen door and getting that saved by Zeus. Yeah. It's kind of that same style of one, but I think I I appreciate this even more. But there's like so there's so much good that happens cuz you got the lazy Tuesday, which what the heck is that? You have <laughs> the setup of what I wanted last episode, which is Dipper and Ford to have some time and Stan and Mabel yeah. to have some time. Um and then you have the the octoclopto cyclopus the the liquid nitrogen octo laser octogenarian um, octogenarian like uh yeah. alex hirsch he's 85 yeah yep hold on let me oh. let me check that you're wrong oh oh um, the, the are dice, you sure dice, i'm gonna consider dice my dice lie. which had a 1994 manufacturing date oh no I know most people don't use those ones but no dice from before 95 it's the rules mm, i don't i mean they work the same and they these don't. ones say that i'm right mm. let me roll this one okay okay oh the world's an egg no, oh, no! <laughs> well, um you, you get one of my favorite lines, don't let it taste human flesh, which is yes. great. But then well, then you get, you can't come down here with me. I have to travel this world alone. Call me for dinner. Yes, and, yes. And it's then delivery. right after that, you get, you get to stay up here with us. And we're going to watch Duck Tactic tonight. Yeah. <laughs> quack with us, Dipper. Quack, on, quack, 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 with quack, us. quack, quack, quack. Why isn't he quacking? <laughs> which is just such a good line. As Dipper just stands there like everything I want in life, just walk behind a snack machine. And I'm stuck with this. <laughs> <laughs> Which is which is the overarching, the overarching theme, is that yeah. And what I like about this is that you have the clash of two different fandoms. That's what it comes down to, and neither of them are bad. And they're both looking at each other like, oh, yours is mundane and stupid. Well, yours is yep. star smart and nerdy, but at the end of the day, you need both and you need each other. And it's okay to enjoy what somebody else enjoys with them. For the sake of that person, that's what that's what Ford's trying to say mm -hmm. to Stan at one point, which I really mm -hmm. liked because they get into the it's my TV room. Well, it's my house. 
And then he goes, yep. instead of getting into that fight with Stan, he goes, did you ever think about even trying it? And I, I like that, you know, because at the end of the day, they got their Dungeons, Dungeons, Dungeons Adventure, and they also get their detective like family yep. TV show time. So it's a really yeah. cool lesson that, you know, we might all be nerds or we all might be into some <laughs> irrelevant TV show, but it's worth giving everything a chance. Don't. You know what I mean? Don't just write it off. You might actually like Dungeons and Dragons, or you might really like Gravity Falls, or you might like Supernatural. Don't just go, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, that sounds stupid. And then just not do it because you never know. Yeah. Yep. Uh, going through, um, you, you kind of have this built perception of something. Um, like even my perception right now, I just started playing uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, which came out in 2015 as well. Um, but. I had this perception of like, this is what the game's going to be like. And then I get in and it's, it just feels different. All the walls that I built up just crumble instantly because like the actually experiencing it, even if it's bad or even if it's imperfect, it's so much richer of an experience than just standing on the outside, hearing other people talk about Mm -hmm. uh, how good or bad a thing is. And it's because we let people tell us how we should feel about things way too often. Especially yeah. in the fandoms and gaming communities. And you, you find a lot of people have gripes about something. I, I guess the biggest one right now, here's something huge, is um, the Paper Mario community. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I imagine you guys aren't super into Paper Mario. but Not really. Paper uh, <laughs> um, Mario, Mario 64, Thousand yep. Year Door, two of my favorite games. Amazing like turn-based RPGs, fantastic games, mechanistic writing, and then everything from there slowly became different. And became a way of the community hating on something because they weren't getting what they already had again. Mm. Um, they finally released a full like Paper Mario game for Switch, uh, Paper Mario and the Origami King, which is a very different style of game, but also very good. Yeah. Um, and I watched multiple threads and multiple people just be angry about it without ever play before it even came out. Oh, I'll never get my money. I'll never play it. It doesn't have the thousand-year door mechanics. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that was 10 years ago. And you're still angry that Nintendo, a company whose motto is never reuse the same thing. Like, mm. that's literally how they make their games. To never have the same thing twice, always have innovation, always be changing mechanics, always give them something new. Because we don't want to get stuck in a rut. And you're going to be angry that that company changed. Like, it, it's just so, it's so dumb. And with that being said, I'll eventually pick up the Oregon game and play it. <laughs> so, but you see it so often. Just go on Reddit for a few minutes and look at your favorite video games. No, don't like, go on Reddit channel. for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm on the what? like Grounded Reddit. Like, also, mm. if you play Grounded, oh. play Grounded. It's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm on their Reddit, and their community is awesome. I have like yeah, absolutely loved be. I have absolutely loved being there. People are really nice. So not their Facebook community, though. the grounded Facebook community got like they got zucked the other day for oh, no. something. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. So can't make a buck without the zuck. Yep. You know what they <laughs> say. One thing that that I loved about this episode, it brought over the conversation that we saw. Um, I think near the end of uh, ta- not a tale of two stands. Yeah, tale of two stands. Yeah, tale of two stands when. Dipper and Mabel have the good night, stupid conversation. Yes. Mm-hmm. They yeah. have another night conversation where Dipper is busy making maps for the game uh, the next day with with Ford. And you get that same feeling of there's a rift that is maybe happening, but it's definitely yeah. something that Mabel is very concerned about. 
So we get a continuation of that feeling. And it yep. it was something that was very much earned, at least to me, in the last episode. So bring it on in just a little bit. Not really as a gimmick, but as a legitimate interaction between these two characters really continued that, hey, we want to earn this emotional thing. And I feel like that's going to pay off even more. We saw it at the end of the first um, season. There, the divide that was kind of between Mabel and Dipper and how they had different viewpoints on things, but they ended up coming together. I feel mm -hmm. like that's going to pay off in an even bigger way at the mm. end of this season, um, which I'm looking forward to because they, they returned to it the very next episode in a legitimate earned way, not just a, we're going to pick this thing and use it for a laugh, but it was a yep. good scene. I really yep. like that. That was maybe one of the more emotional yeah. points of this for me. I, I watched it and was like, Man, yeah, Mabel's really concerned about slipping away from her brother. Man. Definitely. And and it's cool to see that they're not leaving these uh these pathways unwalked, these threads lying around, whatever metaphor you want to use, that they're they're continuing the story from Tale of Two Stands, from not what he seems. Where like this is the theme moving forward, and it's not like they've dropped it. In the same way that um like the the shack is wrecked because it was wrecked last time and the town is being repaired because it was wrecked in the previous episode it's not like this thing is back to normal Thumper returns <laughs> God, <laughs> yes, he's not that's dead great. yet not dead yet um but it's it's really encouraging to see and i think this is what set one of the things that sets gravity falls above a lot of other shows is that they don't fall into the the idea of okay we've done our season finale now it's time we, we need to give people what they like. We need to stick to our guns of, like, fun adventure with a weird thing, a twist halfway through or whatever, et cetera, et cetera, and sticking to, to just their formula. This is a really nice evolution of that formula versus, um, and I, I know I've talked about it before, and it's because I'm disappointed, uh, <laughs> Steven Universe season whatever. They, they have all these great adventures in Beach City, very mundane, like, just interpersonal relationships sort of things, building these characters, building this world. Then you have, like, all of them go on to this alien spaceship because aliens are invading and they have to, like, fight against them. They have these epic battles um, that, like, honestly exploded the fandom and really brought uh, a lot of other people in just because of the... the, the in it was extremely well done, and it was this season finale sort of thing. You have these, uh, like... Uh, showing of character backstories, all the same things that we're seeing in uh, Gravity Falls here. But then in the next few episodes, and the release schedule definitely didn't help, you kind of just have this filler content of like, okay, now there's a couple new characters, but it's the same style, and we're not really pushing the narrative forward or evolving our, our storytelling structure. Oh no, just, who left the seashell on the front porch again? Yeah, that that sort of thing. After I can, this I alien can tell, invasion. Yeah, I can tell I can tell um that that's a deep reference to to something Super extremely deep. specific extremely in the Steven specific. Universe fan. Because I so much very watched all of those. I didn't. No, he didn't. I made Only him like the, some. Yeah, like the first two where they sing um Let Me Drive My Van into Your Heart, which is yep. still my rock anthem of my life. That's true. That's true. But 
nonetheless, it's, it's really cool to see it evolve and move forward. Another thing, though, you were talking about the rift between the, the siblings, um, yeah. Dipper and Mabel. We're also still seeing the rift between uh, Ford and Stan, even though, like Trevor said, it's, it's nice that it's um, a nuanced rift where, like, Ford is still reaching out to Stan and being like, hey, just come play this game with us. And it's almost Stan being more bitter um, in this thing and just refusing to, to engage. Also, though, we get a line from Ford where after he and Dipper have come together and started, uh, like, nerding out about dungeons, dungeons, and more dungeons, he says a line. It seems like we both went a long while without a friend. Yeah. Which, for Ford, he's been in this portal for 30 years. But he is projecting his own rift with his brother onto Dipper. Because Dipper has had an incredibly close friend for the entire summer. They've gone on adventures. They've done these incredible things. They're incredibly close. But Ford is now projecting his own uh, relationship troubles, basically, onto Dipper and just assuming that he's in the same place because he's seeing himself in Dipper. And that's a negative thing in this regard. I mean, Dipper was alone for like the last three hours probably two hours playing D D and D with Gompers. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. So you're kinda of right about that. I I'm gonna give a little bit of pushback on it. Okay. So they're friends like Mabel and Dipper, yes. But there are a plethora of times Dipper's like, let's do this and Mabel goes, No and runs yep. the other way. So yep. they're friends as in the sense that they're siblings. But Dipper hasn't had someone to be that nerd with him. Even, like, Mabel has Brenda and Candy, who she mm-hmm. can, like, be, oh, these are my girlfriends, we can talk about boys. You know, when she has those relationships, Dipper doesn't. So I, I could understand, like, I understand, like, Ford is projecting, yes. But I think Dipper ag- would agree with him. Because he hasn't had someone who is like, let's play Dungeons, Dungeons, Dungeons. Or, yeah, let's build that machine. Or, hey, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because even, like, we can go all the way back to Time Traveler's Pig. You know, Dipper wanted one thing from the day. And when um, at, when it came down to it, Mabel was like, well, I want to do something else. Mm-hmm. So, because, yes, they're friends because they're siblings. They're not, it's not like friends because they have like interests. Because it very often comes down to Dipper wants to do something that's in his group, in his fandom, and she just won't do it with him. Or she'll do it reluctantly. This is boring. You know what I mean? Like, Welcome to the Mabel is a bad person fandom. No, <laughs> I, I, love, I love Mabel. I think she's yeah. great. But yeah. Dipper hasn't had that person to be there with him. Because he's had his sibling the entire time. He's been Maybe. in with the teens. Um and they've had fun, and like he's done fun stuff with Seuss as well. But I think you're right that there isn't someone um, in here that gets him. Um, the closest I think we've seen is him with uh, Pacifica when they're they're fighting the ghosts and mm-hmm. when they're investigating the mystery and everything. Um, they are very much on the same page, and that's why I think I really like that episode because we get to see Dipper with someone who kind of gets him, um, which, which is cool. Which is why I. Uh, other than, of course, the non-canon Neil deGrasse Waddles. 
that was yes. a character that really got dipper but yep. of course that didn't happen that was just one of the uh little gift shop of horrors yeah. non-canon shorts good though and all my um, shorts are non-canon shorts they do not have firearms in them thankfully uh a i guess weird tying up of loose ends is that since now we know that stan knows about the journals the stories he tells in that episode where he talks about the weird stuff in gravity falls and where he talks about like i think dipper finds the smart paste in his journal now it makes uh it's it never needed to, but technically, now it all makes sense canon-wise because Stan knew about the journals. Stan knew about the weird stuff the whole time. Mm. So, but uh, it's, it, it never needed to be. But it's it's it is. Um, we get dimensional stuff time, which I love. It's not the focus of it, but it is. I mean, it's definitely the focus at the end when um, Ford shares what he has done with um, yeah. Dipper. However, we know that Ford has traveled across different dimensions. We also know that when Probabilitor appears, he says, Greetings, uh, resident inhabitants of dimension 46 apostrophe yep. backslash, which means he came from an actual dimension. There is a possibility that Ford traveled to the D&D&D like, dimension in his travels or at least heard about it. Uh, mm -hmm. Of course, there are, uh, I mean, assumedly infinite if one can make an infinite dice, there's probably an infinite number of multivert universes. Um, however, I thought that it was, it's a little bit like multiverse building, so to speak, mm. because we're, we're never going to go back there. I'm almost positive. I mean, we technically could. I haven't watched the last two or three episodes, but we know that there's like one of these multiverse dimensions is the D&D and D one. Which, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> Dimensiony yeah, so, stuff. And we know that this one is 46 apostrophe backslash. Yeah. Which is also the, cool because it's a tie-in. It's like a pull from comics, Marvel or DC, having different named dimensions for the different worlds yep. and all that yep. stuff. It, it's it's also cool. It's a nice most reference. definitely a reference to Rick and Morty. I was about to bring that up. Eh. Because yeah. that's how they number them in Rick and Morty. Um, and... Rick and Morty season two is airing at this time. Uh, yeah, uh, and we already. Oh, it's that old. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, Rick, Rick and Morty. It's only on season four, but they release them so awkwardly. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, nice. we already. I think they already had the the Easter egg of the yeah, stuff I think on the yeah. portal. So he he mentions just to like. With the infinity dice, he doesn't say it brings things to life. It, he says there brings them from another place. Like, it brings them from a different plane. So there is an, a D, D, and D plane. Because that's what he's talking about, is that there's an infinite multiverse that if it exists in that multiverse, it exists, and this dice can bring them here. Well, this dice will make them manifest, essentially. It's not that he rolls it, and then it brings Probabilitor out of the box. It opens a portal to Probabilitor's plane, and he walks through it. Yeah. That makes sense. I see no issue with, yeah, with that. Yeah, which is cool. Also, I love Probabilitor and Hot Elf and his <laughs> ogres. I I like the ogre that's like, you must solve my riddles three and go on the oh. seven quests, and then Grenda just hits him with a chair. No! 
we have another we have another single line no shout in this yep. episode and again it hits oh it hits great it's so good. <laughs> also i really and, like oh. when they're going on their quest uh mm-hmm. and sand goes i guess we go on a uh, yeah. quest epic wizard quest <laughs> just like ah <laughs> wonderful <laughs> And the the short scene it's as close to a montage as we get when the three of them get their weapons. It's it's yeah. a great it's a great scene yep. of the three of them yep. choosing their weapons and and shields as they go out on the adventure. I um, like the Griffin. I like that the Griffin picks up Toby determined at the end of the episode. It's wild. It's wild. Oh gosh. Um, what we get with the Grenda thing is a version of what we've seen before where villain is giving monologue yeah characters do something during it however yep. instead of just escaping like we saw two episodes in a row which i didn't like with love god yeah. and the one before it we see a different reaction with grenda just smashing the love seat that she's wielding as a weapon onto the ogre as he's uh, <laughs> you must do these seven impossible tasks and when you return you will smash it <laughs> wonderful will- it would also bring back nightmares to any uh, dungeon master who has had murder hobos in their party because oh. I can't tell you how many times my guy has stood there and said something like that and then someone has go, I cast fireball and kill him. Yep. So I'm looking directly into Joey's eyes right now um, as I say these things. Hmm. <laughs> well, no, I feel the pain though because last night I was running a game where, um, well, so uh, they were fighting a dude in a train. The dude got his hand on a magical artifact um, and teleported them all to, like, a void dimension where he had this arena for them to fight different things in. But instead of fighting, you know, the things that were in front of them that ended up knocking down one of their teammates, the wizard decided to use every single round of the combat, except for a couple, you know, after his friend started dying, um, to fire spells at the villain who was like standing in a chair watching them watching them all fight and so a couple times like he deflected things and i figured it out but he uh in character i had him kept on just yelling at the player for cheating like this is oh my this isn't how this is supposed to go stop this stop it you're cheating come on just fight the things i throw at you oh. um, but but i worked i worked it out um, and it, it it turned out pretty well. One of the characters got their hand on the sword, which dealt two d twenty damage. Um, they rolled <laughs> on the fir- first attack with it. They rolled a crit, and then rolled a twenty as one of the damages. Oh my um, god! And like a seventeen for the other one. So they instantly killed a huge like ogre that I had them fight. Anyways, nice. it was great. It was wow! Beautiful. I think um, one of my favorite moments ever was when someone who would do this all the time tried to backstab my level eighteen like lich. And I just power word killed him because I was so tired of it. And he went, nice. Got up and walked out of the room. And I went, how does it feel? Uh, so that's that's the one, I think, criticism I have of uh, this episode's presentation of Dungeons & Dragons. Is that it very much, um, well, in a way, it pitches the, the dungeon master is fighting the players. And, like, that's the way it is. And it's an... an I mean, literally, the villain is the dungeon Somewhat. master. Yes. He is there the is villain from the game because when we first see it, it's Dipper and Ford playing together. And they actually roll together. And, like, both they both celebrate when Dipper yes. is able to defeat yep, yep, the yep. villain in the game when they're playing regular. So it's interesting that way. And, yeah, the, the second time, it's very much probability or the villain being 
Eh, it's it's not an exact analog, but I do understand what you're saying, where the second presentation seems a very confrontational, like, player versus dungeon master thing, whereas yeah. in the more modern D&D 5e or Pathfinder, um, it's much more balanced towards the dungeon master working with the players. Yeah. Because ultimately, I mean, the um, it seems like uh, Probabilitor maybe had, like, a pre-written uh, thing that he was sticking to, like, letter for letter, in that, like, he didn't summon three more uh, Impossibies after the, the last one was destroyed or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the infinite, infinite power of the Dungeon Master can, in, in some, uh, depending on who you're playing with it, if people aren't good at handling, you know, power over others in social situations, it can be a bit of a nightmare. Um, and that's that's probably the, the struggle of it. But, but I think um, Gravity Falls walks a really nice uh, tightrope uh, both in this regard and uh, in their meta jokes and in just the amount of humor. This, this episode very much uh, falls into that sweet spot where it's not so many jokes that it distracts from it, but it's not so few that it's distracting how few jokes there are. Uh, it both praises D&D, but also pokes a good amount of fun at it. And it also has these meta jokes, but it doesn't, like, stop the narrative to wink at the camera, or it's not overly so. Um, and even in the uh, one about Ducktective having a large mystery element that where the jokes sometimes go over kids' heads, that joke went over some kids' heads, <laughs> which is beautiful. Which is I very much like this episode. Very good. I'm, Anything I else? May, yeah, I mm. maybe should have mentioned this when we were talking about the twins' relationships, but when Grunkle Stan uh, cheats and sticks the gum under one side yeah. of the 38-sided die to give a 38 to roll a 38, he says, Papa needs a new pair of twins! <laughs> Which, as far as I know, isn't a like, gambling thing that you say? Nope. They are a pair of twins. Ford Stan, Dipper Mabel. Huh. Huh. I didn't even think about that. I I don't know why they would have said that if it wasn't supposed to be like, hey, he's trying to, at, at the very least, at the basic, without getting blub, blub, blub so deep, at the very basic, it's like, okay, we want to get them out of this world and make it so that we're twins again, like it's new. Um, we want our pair of twins to exist in the real world instead of you know, half of them scaled down in the battle arena and <laughs> half of them playing as the players. So at the very least, it's that. On a further level, it's Stan kind of seeing how the arguments that both pairs of twins have had are, at the end of the day, mostly not worth it, and it's more worthwhile to have a good relationship with your twin. So mm. he wants a new relationship between Ford and Stan and Dipper and Mabel to happen um, when he rolls this perfect 38. Which kind of goes off of something he said last episode. You're not even going to thank me. Like, why would I mm. thank you? Okay, well, stay away from the kids, because as far as I'm concerned, like, they're the only family I have. You know what I mean? Oh, blah, blah, blah! Him, it's him so deep because I'm crying! He's saying, oh. so a new set of twins, he might be saying, like, I want my brother back, you know? Oh, um, so the only thing I thought I was thinking about this episode is that when they shake their hands to roll their dice, you know, only rolling one dice, it makes this noise. Yeah, yeah. 
which is the sound of two dice. Now, for the listeners at home, I'm going to shake one There's dice one in my dice. hand. It doesn't make noise. Also, so... Is he wearing a ring? That's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> when, when he throws the dice with the gum on it, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't roll like that. It wouldn't stick. You would see the gum while it's rolling. Like, there's so many things. I, I, I appreciate, like, that he's a hustler. This is how he does it kind of thing. But it definitely wouldn't happen. But I'm okay yeah. with it because yeah. it's a dude. So. And sometimes um, the only way to, you know, beat the big monster is to cheat. <laughs> as as a player or as a DM. Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> sometimes you make too good of a monster and almost kill all your party. Oh, you no. Um, accidentally. Um, usually. I like the... We're also getting back to classic Gravity Falls in that there is just hard foreshadowing um like telling what's going to be going on there's both um overt and kind of covert foreshadowing the overt foreshadowing we get is literally he takes out the dice he's like when you roll this dice anything can happen that's why i keep it in this cheap plastic case a little bit of foreshadowing and then he places it down next to the cardboard thing of probabilitor and then it just zooms in to the dice and probabilitor and ominous music and just stays there it's just classic gravity falls foreshadowing it's like what could possibly go wrong this is exactly what's going to go wrong <laughs> and then we also have just kind of background stuff of stan when the game starts popping in a thing of gum um yeah. and then continuing to chew it as the game goes on. And then even after the game is over, he takes out another piece of gum and pops it in. So it's it's just also, small small things like that that are cool. Grenda just holding on to the hot elf the entire time is great. She's just like yes, hugging him. True. She's just like, ah. <laughs> also, Grenda playing the lute? It's yes. only in there for like yes! a half second. It, and it's only shown from overhead. But just her <laughs> in the back playing in the lute the entire time. With the cat love seat strapped on her yes. back yes 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 yes, the... yes yes oh my gosh yep. it's wonderful like as a bard it's... oh so so beautiful uh, <sighs> uh there are two cryptograms in ah, this episode. let's hit those one of them is excelsior or whatever uh <laughs> it's found at the end credits uh the other one on nice. the page is fun games are great distractions, but small things can have chain reactions. Ooh, so, nice. Yeah. Beautiful. And I think with that, we'll hit favorite jokes <laughs> in the face with the D38. I roll. I roll a, a point because the D38 doesn't actually work kind of oh you have a point there uh yes i do joey sometimes it rolls and 3D. just doesn't go on a number joey 3d printed a d30 yeah for those who don't know yeah because i'm a nerd yep after we watched the episode last week i uh went out and did it and it's very fun except when you roll a point <laughs> oh it's it's tough it's a, a tough choice ones. for me yeah there are there's a lot of, lot of very good ones there is I think, one joke. Mm-hmm. This is not my favorite. I don't think it's anybody's favorite that I like that nobody says. Uh-huh. Uh, when Dipper rolls the D38 and it goes under the shack, written on one of the walls of the shack is Seuss yes. was here. 
oh no, I think I'm stuck. <laughs> oh my gosh. Which is super good. Oh. There's a lot of good Beautiful. one-liners. That's in this wonderful. Uh, um, I think mine is going to go to. Grunkle uh, Stan, are you ready for the Ducktective premiere? Yeah, I even put together these spare taxidermy parts to make a model <laughs> Ducktective. Oh. And then it zooms in <laughs> on the stapled together taxidermy with a with a soft, not ominous, but a re re re. Yep. <laughs> yes. Oh. So I'm going to put that as my favorite, mainly because I want to save another one, because it might be a good outro thing. Ooh. But anyways. Foreshadowing. Trevor, what's yours? Uh, ex- Excelsior whatever is really good. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. made me very happy. Nice. Um, I mean, there's so many good one-liners. I also love Don't Let It Taste Human Flesh. Yep. <laughs> so those, are, those are probably like my top two. But Excelsior whatever is, is really far up there. I think, um, like, all of J.K. Simmons' specific line deliveries of whether it's like, well, or don't let it taste you in flesh, or, well, see you for dinner, or call me for <laughs> dinner. Me for dinner. Um, and then just the full scene of, uh, like, you enter the chamber. Uh, una- Princess Unattainable beckons you, but wait, it's a trap! <laughs> like, just the <laughs> delivery of those lines is beautiful. But I think what tickles my funny bone the most, again, it shows how good this episode is that the the like hardest hitting jokes weren't our favorite that there were enough like niche jokes that we all are choosing like off jokes if that makes sense yeah not, not the ones that are like high anyways when um when they're repairing the town and they go to lacey susan's diner and they're interviewing her yes. and the diner is upside down and she says ah, i think i'm gonna have to start selling pineapple right side up cake Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> just her full questioning. And again, just line delivery, timing. It's perfection. But I, I mean, think that, with that. That followed by oh. Befuffle Fumpier ordering the demolition oh of the, the antenna for the news thing. And then the news broadcast <laughs> immediately going off. to static. <gasps> I didn't catch. Oh, my gosh. Because the wrecking ball smashes the tower, like broadcast tower. Perfect. And then he it goes, fuzzes. It's time. To rebuild, prepare <laughs> the wrecking ball, and the wrecking ball comes over and takes out the antenna off the TV station, and the TV just cuts to static. I can't Wonderful. believe I didn't catch that. With that, I think we'll um, I think we'll wrap it up. Uh, thank you to everyone so much for joining us this week. Next week we'll be back with I think the Stanchurian Candidate, yes. which I remember as a um, oh. as an episode I very much liked. I again. I remember this episode as one that I didn't like so much because I thought it was filler, but it was a lot better than I remembered. Um, <laughs> so I'm glad I'm not a judgy something teen anymore. Um, but now I'm just a judgy 20 something. So join me next time when Trevor will be uh, officially confirmed as 45 and I will uh, do another bad intro almost as wow. thrown together and hastily stumbled over as this outro and Matt will what are I'm the kidding. odds <laughs> just kidding the game is like over Excelsior whatever I mean the odds are roughly like 2.56 I think something like that for 38 like that, that yeah. line is great too it was great.
Just okay. Let the episode end. Well, I, I've been Hornswoggle. I've been. Oh, the dice fell off the table. I'll never That's what know you've been. who I am. <laughs> I've been the letter L. See you next time. Bye. Excelsior, whatever. <laughs> <laughs>